Territory Americans pressing up aggressively. They get one of them. So they do at least have one elimination. Robert over on the sideline pacing a little bit. That those corners can keep pressure. This time it's the right side. Oh. We saw Pham almost collapsing on that ball. But Take any free shots. Connects. Haragarin. Yeah, that was a solid one. Brings us down to a three-on-three. -three. Team USA trying to get their first point. It's going to get a little closer. Yeah. Momentum for this United States side. David Huang hit on, hit out. We hear the USA chance coming. Now there's a catch as well. Great work. And this is Pyong. And that was Pyong. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I've got Dylan Clark Odin with me. Dylan, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. So today is Thursday the 12th. It's been, what, maybe a little bit more over than a week um, since Worlds. But um, how are you feeling, man? feel good. Uh, kind of got sick a little bit after, uh, after I got back, but uh, taking care of it. Was it, was it from your time down there or just like kind of catching up with everything? Uh, yeah, change I mean, or... yeah, I kind of got a little sick before I got there and, and then I took care of it and I was fine the whole week of Worlds and then kind of got back and then a couple days later kicked in and then my throat just kind of like started swelling up. So that's so fun. Got some antibiotics, so should help. Well, at least it, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it definitely didn't impact your performance. Um, if it did and you still performed the way you did, then, uh, geez, but, uh, yeah, I actually, one of the games I had to sit, um, we had a rotation like to sit full matches and the Hong Kong match, I don't know what it was, but like some Gatorade I drank, I had to like go outside and throw up Oh, geez. and then I, I, I literally just told Brett, I was like, Brett. I gotta go throw up. He's like, yeah, 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 go, go, go. And I went outside and just like curled. And then I was like, I felt completely fine after that. But it was really weird because I was drinking fluids all day. Um, Electrolit was like one of the sponsors at the tournament. So there was just like buckets of it. Nice. And I was drinking it and drinking water side by side. And as soon as I switched to Gatorade, like 30 minutes later, I'm just like hurling up Gatorade because I know it was Gatorade because it was all red. I was going to ask so, if it was Gatorade color like neon red or vibrant red. Yeah, so I don't. Regardless to say, I was like, I did not drink Gatorade the rest of the time down there. Yeah, are you uh, are you afraid of Gatorade now up here in the states, or just like a one? No, because I usually drink it here anyways. But I don't know what it does, and I don't know superstition wise. I was like, I'm not touching that the rest of the tournament. Probably a good choice. Um, well, the first question I want to ask you is, are you done? Like, so, pre people should be tracking that you're um currently the 8.5 rubber champion from Elite. And then now you go and make the foam world champions. And as I told you in person, I got nothing to say to you ever again about <laughs> anything. So all my, all my crap talking is out the window, but, um, that's incredible, man. Um, so we'll push pause on that question, um, push it to the end, but I just wanted to open up with that one little jab, but, um, you're no stranger to representing team USA. Um, you were part of team USA in 2016 and 2017, correct? Yeah. 16 and 17. How, uh, how is this different? 
and, and can you kind of explain um, what happened in 2018? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a big change in 18 where we um, switched the process. Um, Might have been a little easier to get on the team, 16, 17, but I liked it a lot because it gave me an opportunity to travel and play against all those international countries. So, like, it was nice to know a lot of the players going there this year. Um, but yeah, in 18, I mean, I love the process. There was a combine. Um, I didn't get picked last year, but, um, I didn't really like dwell on it. And, uh, it was kind of rough cause I, I still went cause it was in LA right. and still like cheered on everybody. Cause I'm like friends with everybody on the team. Um, so I still wanted them to win. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of rough cause like seeing all these, um, players I just saw in 2017, um they're like all asking me like how come i'm not on the team you should be out there i was like wasn't wasn't my year to do it i guess so yeah it was definitely nice um when they made the announcement and i was back on the team um and then starting in the playoffs was nice um so yeah kind of just trust the process and keep working at it and everything will kind of work out yeah, so when when you weren't selected for twenty eighteen, I mean, you could have gone the the path of um, being negative and and calling names and just being you know a complete uh, poor sport about it, but you chose uh, to do otherwise. Like you said, you, you supported Team USA, especially since they're here in LA. And um, did that make you hungrier? Did that make you like want to play better and uh, practice for the combine for for this year for twenty nineteen? Definitely, yeah. Because like, I don't know. I feel like going into the like just watching them play it's like it makes you hungry just to be like i was just there last year and it's like seeing them fall short like just barely it's like you just i feel like anybody who wasn't on the team feels hungry to like get in there and make that change and help the team get over that hump of um not getting a gold since 2015 yeah so yeah yeah it's a for me as a, as a spectator, just kind of understanding what I did about, um, how team USA was selected, um, post 2015, um, once they actually started getting like more traction, I was like, this, this is, uh, is this really how we're going to do this? But then when 2018 came in and USA dodgeball came in and took over, I was like, this is, this is legitimate. Like, this is how it should be really excited. Um, and just looking at the roster, I'm like, man, for every person that's on that team, there's probably like five or six other players that could have easily made it. Um, but like you said, you know, I kind of trusted the process and figured we were sending our best. And um, this year, I mean, I felt that even more so because, again, it's like there, there's not a single one of you guys I would ever like to to face off against um, when the stakes are that high. And that, that's how it should be. Like, we should be sending our best out there. But um, when, when you were selected um, – Obviously, I imagine it felt good, but um, did it change like how you approached Cancun at all? Um, like, was that any different from when you were part of the team in sixteen and seventeen, or did you feel like you had more to prove, or like what was that like for you? Yeah, this year like really opened my eyes to um, kind of what it took and like our journey to get there, um, and that goes on to like the coaches and captains. Like, I think they did like a great job preparing us. Um, right away, obviously, like we start a group chat and everybody's just kind of bought into the, the system of 
everybody's got to be in their best shape for Cancun and Lou and Brett and I'm pretty sure like Nate and Stone they like worked together and put together this game plan and all these plays that we were running and all these terms that we had to learn and um had a playbook I don't know within a month after um the combine or, or after they announced the team and then uh everybody just kind of had to learn it remember it like be able to call plays and by the time we got to Dallas for the second time where we had our own practice like our only practice uh it was one weekend so we only literally get one chance or one weekend to all play together and practice that playbook and getting the calls right and everybody just be on board um so yeah and everybody was everybody was great um like the whole system was perfect. I don't know how you could improve it. Like it opened my eyes to different plays that I've never even thought of. Um, so it's definitely like raising that level of competition. Um, and obviously it kind of shows like that's what it takes to win gold. So yeah, yeah I mean, I'm thankful for all of them. It definitely proved itself. I mean, it, it, like, how could you say it didn't? You guys obviously took gold. You pushed past whatever barrier was was holding you guys back last year. And um, it's interesting that there's potentially like a playbook out there now. And when you said developing terms, like, is it was it just to understand? Like, um, can you give me actually? Can you give me an example of that? Like, what was a term for you guys? So it's just like an example. Like, if we had, I don't know just a certain play call. So it could be like any word, like if the word was like fire, like everybody knows what kind of play that is and who's going to throw, who's going to throw when. And um, so I don't know, you can say like fire, catch them and Nate. And then uh, we kind of just know those are the two throwers. They're going to throw this time and on this count. So um, it made it easier for like when we get in the huddle and we just say like three or four words, instead of like explaining the play out. Right. Uh, which I'm sure a lot of other countries do. Um, but there was just like a whole nother level to it that um, different plays made where maybe three guys are throwing, maybe these two guys are throwing at one guy, like stuff like that. But so all just because at the time, because at Worlds, um, the play clock actually is supposed to start once the ball crosses the plane. Like the, so usually they start it like once it, I don't know, hits the net or something. But you got 10 seconds and two or three of those seconds is when the shagger is getting the ball. So by the time the shagger gets you the ball, you've only got like seven seconds. So we're trying to call plays as fast as we can and as efficiently as we can. And nice. this year just made so much sense that we use certain play calls against different countries and it kind of just worked out that way. That's awesome. So pretty much just wrapping up what's supposed to happen in this play in one word that way. Okay. I got it. Um, you know, to tell me twice and until I count and until I like, do anything, I just, I know immediately what my role is. Yeah. And it does look like because our play, I don't know, it was pretty big in my opinion, uh, that I knew it was like a lot, but I knew that once everybody gets on board with it and everybody memorizes it, like after our first practice, like everybody's like, yeah, this is great. And the second day was just kind of like polishing it. Nice. And then everybody was smooth with it. No, there's no hiccups. Um, and that's kind of what we have to do. Like we're like one of the countries that has to have like a, a fast learning curve because we only get to see each other 
all together at once, like once or twice before Cancun. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's thinking about like the evolution of dodgeball and like, what are the next like big steps, um, that, that we're going to see and it's, uh, quick play calling. And then I think coaching is going to be huge. Like you'll see that on the, uh, on the elite level, or I guess like the competitive tournament level, whatever ends up happening next year. Um, and to include even incorporating uh, retrievers or shaggers uh, much more because uh, you watch those games and you see like they're very strategic and vital as well. And, um, you know, if they weren't even tracking what's going on, the, the teams that they were striking for um, were, were, were uh, hindered pretty pretty badly. But um, what, did, what did you do specifically to prepare for Cancun? Because, um, I mean, you're already a pretty phenomenal player. You're already coming off of doing really well from the elite season um, as I said earlier, jokingly, but for, for real, like 8.5, uh, national champion, like you, I imagine you're already at the, at the, at the peak, but what, um, did you make any adjustments or, or how was, what was the journey like for you? So personally for me, I was trying to lose like 10 pounds from nationals until worlds. And then we all kind of just got on the board of, um, just running every day or as much as you can like cardio wise you want to like not be tired for that long weekend or week of playing so i think jeff mentioned in his interview that we pretty much kind of try to motivate each other by sending each other our workouts or a gym picture or something in our chat and then just all right maybe if someone else sees it they're going to want to get up and go do it and so, I don't know, for me, it was like com- competitive wise, like, all right, Nate's going out. I'm going to go out um, nice. or Glenn's at the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. So that's how we kind of did it. And it was funny, like, like Nate's like, I don't care how annoying I am. I'm going to send you a picture of me going to the gym every day. If it takes, like, I'm going to send it every day. So I like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if, if you're, if you're bought in and, and you're surrounded by people that are going to motivate you like that, it, it can be motivating instead of, you know, annoying, like, you know, like, Oh, I just did a CrossFit workout today and I'm going to post that on my Facebook status. I mean, that's different, but, um, when you guys are trying to motivate each other, like you said, like maybe, I mean, were there like a couple days where you didn't feel like going out, but then you saw like Glenn in the gym or you saw like catch him or, or as you said, Nate, and that, that made you like force yourself to go. Oh yeah. There's like, I mean, there's days, there's obviously days where you don't want to go. Like, I don't know, you had a bad day at work or something and yeah. you want to like take a seat and I don't know, watch Netflix or something. And then you see him go to the gym and then you're like, all right, I'm going to get up and go. You're like, dang it. Even if it's just like for a mile or something, like it's just something. get up and go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you lost 15 pounds, uh, since March, I think. And then another, well, five, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I, so I broke my, my hand in January and I busted my knee in December. So I really couldn't like go to the gym for like Jeez. a couple months. And then March came around and I kind of noticed in our round one pictures, I was like, yeah, I kind of got like a stomach now. And you can tell I'm like put on weight. And I was weighing like the, the most of our weight was uh, 180 in March. And then a little after nationals, I was down to 165. And then, um, in Cancun, I lost five pounds for whatever reason, probably cause I wasn't eating a lot and I'm just playing dodgeball for a full week. So I got down to 160, which was where I'm comfortable at, I guess. 
Nice. So yeah, there's, there's like a lot of, I mean, I didn't want to be that big for the elite season and definitely not that big for, um, Cancun. Yeah. And then now's the, the challenge of keeping it right. Cause now we're, we're back to real life and back to, uh, you know, the office jobs and you know, the, the nine to five and then, you know, you don't have really anything huge coming up in the near future, which we'll also get into later. But, um, I'm trying to remember if I, do I remember you with a broken hand? Was that dodgeball related or? Um, uh, yeah, I broke it at Sin City. I think I kind of remember that. So, yeah. Sin City in January, I like hyper extended my pinky oh. going for a catch. And then, uh, so it broke the metacarpal and I played, I played in the Tribune tournament in February with a cast. Oh man, I uh, not to not to jinx him, but I think Jeff is the only person I've interviewed post Worlds that wasn't nursing or didn't have or to come out of Worlds with uh, with an injury or or go into one. Um, Brenda had her torn ligaments, and then um, I guess Mike McGee like sprained his wrist with that crazy catch, and yeah, it's uh, I guess that's just part of the game now. Just you're gonna expect injury, and you got to work around it and not let it uh, not let it set you back, and then whatever. You know, speed you lose or pounds you gain, you gotta work to to get back to where you where you want to be. But um, going into the actual worlds, I mean, it's watching you guys was was incredible. Um, as I've said in the in the previous uh, recaps, I think there was maybe um, the finals. Like the only time I ever had any kind of like doubt watching you guys was those first two games. But um, was was there a tough country for you, or I, I guess better yet, what was the the toughest country you faced? That, that whole week um for you personally i think personally it, 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 i don't know it was tough malaysia both games is the only ones i played that were close um but i mean it was tough watching the australia game in uh round robin because how our rotation was working um it was me, Vince, and uh, Jeff that were sitting for that match. And I wasn't sure how strict we were going to be on the sitting part, given that we were finally losing at one point. Um, and it was just tough. It was really tough for me watching like my team being down, and then I'm just sitting on the bench, like supposed to be resting for our other games, and I was just like, Luckily, Mikey had that catch, and it was like we came back, and it was really cool to watch. But it was like it was also kind of frustrating just sitting there, like knowing you can't do anything uh, because you're not in the game yeah, and not going to come into the game. You can't help your uh, you can't help your buddies out, or your team. Yeah, I shouldn't even say buddies. Like at, at this point, you guys are like super close. I imagine. Oh yeah. Um. But, um, but yeah, I mean that was it was tough. Um. So in the finals that. Um, games one and two, like we had not hit anybody and, um, we just kept getting tagged. Like we're all trying to move. And that was our whole thing. Like you, like when you play Malaysia, you have to keep moving. You can't just like stand in one spot. Cause they're just probably going to throw it at you and, or get you out. And I'm moving, I'm moving and they're pumping and pumping. And it's like, I can only move so much before someone's going to just do like a delayed throw. And that's usually what got me out was a delayed throw or de like someone pumps. So I jump and then the other guy comes and hits me as I land. Hmm. So it was tough. Um, and people are, are teammates on the side are telling me, he's like, yeah, keep moving. You gotta be moving. It's like, 
I'm moving. They're just hitting me <laughs> as soon as like I land or something. There's like not really much you can do. Um, or if you get nicked or something, but yeah, luckily, um, game three, they like gave me the green light to throw and I started hitting people. And I, I mean, that was a huge game three for me because I got a lot of outs. You got all of them, didn't you? Yeah, like, well, I thought it was only like five. And then I went back to rewatch that game and I got all six of them out in that game. And it was just like a big, like, like, I just wanted my team to, like, jump on board, like, showing them they're not, like, invincible. Right. And, like, they are tough to hit, but we can, like, we have the arms to just take them all out. And um, so it was just a team thing. Like, I wanted my team, like, every time I got someone out, like, my teammates are all just jumping and cheering and get a catch. And then it's, like, they're jumping and cheering again. And then uh, to seal the, the win with that last like pop up catch was huge. So it kind of got our our uh, our wheels turning. And with that team we had, it's kind of like the train's coming. So don't be on the tracks. You can't stop it after that. Um, yeah. And that was obviously you saw that with the, with the way you guys closed out. And um, I've said this a few times already, but just at some point, I think you guys were up at like four. I was like just. No offense to Malaysia, just 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 give them the gold medal already. Like it's over. Um, these guys are <laughs> on fire now, and there's there's no putting it out. And um, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe that's all it took was just for you to kind of show them. Okay, this is the chink in their armor. They're hittable. Um, I guess you had to go ahead and show them that all of them are hittable, or or you can get them all out. And then that's like you said. Um, once once the machine went on, it was it was uh it's pretty disgusting to watch in a good way. It was awesome. Yeah, um, I honestly think it's this is probably like the deepest team I've ever been a part of or seen to just be like, we'll put any six out there and, and give you a good run. Um, so it was fun to, fun to play with all these guys. That's awesome, man. Um, I want to go back to Australia cause I, I guess, um, what, what, uh, what round was it when you, when you faced Australia again, uh, this time you were playing and you kept exchanging yourself for this one player. And then I remember, on Instagram, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you just sacrificing yourself like this, uh, for no reason? And then, uh, you gave me your, what, what your rationale was, but do you want to talk about that real quick? Cause I just thought that that was, uh, probably a good takeaway from when you had to sit out. Yeah. So it was, um, it was funny. You were the one that messaged me about it. Um, we were, so this is my first time playing Australia that, that week was in playoffs cause I sat the round Robin match, but, um, so I was on the rush, taking the pitch back, and uh, it was Desmond who was my target because he's just got like a super quick release and a hard throw and probably their hardest thrower. So it was kind of my job. Nobody told me to do this, but everybody knew it was going to be good for us that I just try to take him out right away. And even if I'm going to take myself out on the exchange, like trade with him, um, I felt like it'd be worth it for my team because I'll take my five guys over their five guys every day of the week. So it was kind of a team thing. That's how I play. That's, I'm just a team player. Like if if I can get their best player out and give us a better chance to win, then I'll do it every time. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, like I think I think there was only one time where he got me and I did not get him. But the rest of the match, I either traded with him or won the trade. And uh, 
it kind of paid off that way. I mean, I think we beat them pretty good. Yeah, I, if I had known more about Desmond, I probably would have wouldn't have said anything. But uh, my mentality is like, uh, dude, you're you're such an asset to this team. Why are you just going out for? I don't want to say like the cheap exchange, um, but in my mindset, that's that's what it was. Like, stay alive. You're probably more valuable. But um, that's, that's a great point because you take out their biggest threat, and you're already betting on the fact that I'll, I'll like you said, I'll take my my guys over theirs any day of the week, um, and it obviously proved to be a pretty worthwhile exchange each time. So. Um, that's pretty awesome mindset and just getting, going back to buying into the, the team aspect and, and being, uh, selfless for, for lack of better words. Um, what, uh, what was your best moment? Um, I mean, I mean, I guess aside from winning, um, that stands out the most from that whole week. I I think it's gotta be the, that Malaysia game, um, game three. Cause that was, I don't know. That was just huge for me. Cause I got four kills and two catches and it really would have sucked being down um, 3-0 to Malaysia. Like we probably would have had to take a timeout or something just to like change anybody's mindset. So um, for me to keep hitting was, uh, was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I mean, the big momentum shift for, for us was, was all we needed to, to get going. I was happy to start it. I wonder um, if they had taken that third point, um, if they would have been the machine that you couldn't turn off. Because at some point, I feel like watching enough dodgeball, a team gets to like a certain like type of flow, or 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 they just like they they're just online, I guess for lack of better words, and they they just become unstoppable. And it's hard to to get away from that like that runaway effect. So I mean, being able to be the one that says Nah, not today, it, it's our day. Um, I mean, that's, that's got to feel pretty good and. Um, did you ever for a second feel like you weren't going to make it or even thinking about that or just kind of going back to what you're saying? Like, I, I need to show these guys that I can hit them. Like, no, like, I mean, I was, I was feeling good like all week, um, hitting spots and everything. Like that's all we work on. And when I play foam or pretty much any ball type, I, like, I don't, I don't want to say like I have the strongest arm at all, but I always want to try to be the most accurate because that's all it takes. And I say that all the time for people like training for worlds, like it almost sucks playing in tournaments. If you're trying to prepare for worlds, if you're playing against a wall, because you get the ball back and some of the big throwers that take advantage of that don't realize like you don't get to do that at worlds. Like it's going into a net if you miss. And that gives the other team that much more time. So I always try to focus on hitting your spots every time I play, no matter what, for moments like that, where you're at worlds and your team needs hits. And I was happy to be the guy that got to do that. So it's a good mentality. That's how I always yeah. What, uh, I might actually make this a separate little soundbite. Cause I know a lot of people ask about this, but what do you do for accuracy? How do you, how do you work on that? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't really do like any drills. Like I've, I've just always been that guy. And um, I kind of just do it from, if you're not hitting, you just, um, take a little bit off. Like you don't have to throw high speed all the time. And especially at worlds, like you'll notice a lot of te- a lot of countries, a lot of top countries don't go for many catches. So, um, in one of our huddles, I think it was one of our games, it might've been Australia where, when they were down, 
um, Mikey got everybody in a huddle in our timeout and he's like, take 5% off and hit your spot. Hmm. And I was like, coming from Mikey, that was pretty cool. Cause I was like, that's how I've been playing the whole time. Um, but for someone to say that and make everybody else aware is pretty cool because that's all it really takes. Like we already have, I'm going to say we have the strongest throwers in that whole tournament to where you take 5% off and maybe you'll still even throw harder than most of these countries. So take 5% off and hit your spot is really all it takes. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, if you're trying to like overpower, um, and you miss, it doesn't do you any good. As you said, you know, ball is going to go into a net, but if you, you know, worry about accuracy and making those shots count, that's going to make a world of difference. And I, um, uh, I'm looking at, you know, Malaysia and they're, they're not, uh, I know that they're known for, for their speed and, and being hard to hit. And sometimes, um, you know, power isn't everything in other words, uh, cause they, they've been a dominating force for a while. So yeah. they have like, they have pretty good arms. Like they all throw like above average speed to, to get enough to get you out and enough to, t- to make it tough to catch. But, um, it's, it's just like you could you could be throwing this foam ball 80 to 90 miles an hour, and if you're throwing it at the six-foot mark when their whole team is under six foot, like that's not going to do you any good, especially when they're crouching the whole time. Right. Like throwing it, throwing it high and throwing it super hard does nothing. It literally does nothing. So you always have to like – you have to be accurate, especially against Malaysia because they'll make you pay. Yeah. I mean, I guess throwing hard and – as hard as you can sounds cool when you smack against the wall, but that's about it. So, yeah. And that's what's tough. Like, like you see players when they're at these other tournaments and they're, there's a wall on the other side and it's like, cool. He throws a hunt, like he's throwing like 80 miles an hour, but he's also getting like five or six tries to hit his target because it just keeps coming back to him. Yep. Um, so that's what I think about, especially when I'm playing, like I don't want to have to take that many tries to hit somebody. Makes sense. Um, let me see. I want to get into what next year looks like for you, but um, evidently you guys were wearing uh, wristbands. Um, do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, that was actually a pretty cool um, gesture from, it was uh, Nate's idea. He, uh, there's a pretty cool video on it too that we have. Um, Brett, our coach, um, lost both of his parents within a week of each other. Um, maybe like, I want to say a month or two before worlds. And, uh, he kind of separated himself from the team for a little bit. Nobody was really sure if he was coming back. Um, cause obviously he had more important stuff to deal with. Yeah. So, um, um, before our first match, uh, well, Brett thankfully came back and he's, been great for us like analytics he's got more video and plays of youtube clips of different teams and play styles that i've ever seen he's got a whole spreadsheet of it that we were using in our training camp um so he's been a great like asset and i was glad he was still able to come out um but before our first match uh of the tournament nate got us all together in a huddle and explained that he made all these wristbands for all the players and coaches to wear. And they had the initials of 
both of his parents on each side of the wristband. So we all wore those the whole tournament. So it was pretty cool. Something else to, to play for. Dang, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that was, I, I can't even imagine, you know, losing one parent, let, let alone both, um, especially so, so quickly. Um, you know, my heart definitely went out to him reading those posts and, uh, for him to come back though and, and be there for you guys says, says a lot about him and his, uh, just like the strength of character to just kind of, so be there for you guys. And, um, this is one of those things that is, it makes the, the wind that much sweeter. Like, I know that that's probably like a cliche thing to say, but, um, like, how could you lose after that? You know? Um, yeah, definitely was some extra motivation behind it to, yeah. to get the wins. I'll say, um, that's awesome. Yeah. I heard, I heard Nate stepped it up quite a bit. Um, for, I guess for lack of better words, like off the court, like not, not just, you know, being a phenomenal player, but he had a lot of impact as well. Um, and I think Jeff kind of talked about that and just, um, just again, being the, uh, all part of the, uh, the buy-in when it comes to being a good team and not, uh, a team of players, not, not individuals, but, um, before we get, uh, too off track, um, what does, what does 2020 look like for you? Cause I know this might take a couple of minutes. Oh, there's, um, there's a lot happening and it's, it's probably, it probably could drastically change with whatever, um, USA dodgeball announces, um, for as far as like a series, but, um, there's a couple of tournaments I've been eyeing, which is like, um, the Barry tournament in Canada. I usually go to every year now. Um, we're supposed to bring heat to that one. So that'll be heat's first international debut. Nice. Um, so we'll do that. Um, me and Nate have talked about it's me, Nate, Ketchum, uh, Foley, Stidham, Stone. We usually try to do a, like the API tournament, which last year or this year I couldn't go cause I had my broken finger, but it was the one where they went to New Zealand and played um, those other countries. So this year it's in Malaysia. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to plan to do that. I'm not sure if it'll happen, but we'll see. So it's that tournament in April and then uh, hopefully Glasgow. So right. that'd be fun for Worlds again. Um, other stuff, I don't know. We just kind of talked about other Canada tournaments. We've usually always just use Canada as like a crutch to to go play foam because there hasn't been many foam tournaments in the States. So that's why it could all change if they have a lot of big foam tournaments in the U.S. Yeah, so. I have a feeling that's that's probably where we're going to go. And then because it's it's weird thinking like I think it feels like foam is the, the predominating ball now in the States. And um, maybe I just might be biased because here at Cactus um, in Phoenix, that's that's what we have right now. Um, that nose thing, but um, I, I guess we'll hopefully we'll find out soon. I mean, I, I know I'm like waiting for those dates too, just like everybody else. But uh, yeah, I guess more to follow. Uh, but clearly, you're going to keep playing. You're going to keep competing. Um, you're not going to take a break like some of the other members I've interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I mean. I kind of just want to ride the wave of like being on top. So I just kind of keep pushing us to, to keep moving forward and show that 
like our process works and our team can keep keep pushing through um but yeah we'll see i mean i like going to canada just because um the amount of foam teams they get there is ridiculous compared to how many we can get in uh, the u.s like it's just the numbers are like there's a big difference um and it's it's different here in the u.s too because a lot of the teams haven't adapted to foam so the tournaments we've played in there's i don't know there's usually like a top four for competitive teams uh in foam or some teams break up to make another strong foam team so it's just different and then when you go to canada there's like I don't know. The last one we went to and was in Winnipeg and there were 16 teams and a lot of them gave us a good, a good game, a good match. Cause that's all they play is foam. Hmm. So it's just a different mindset and it's tough. Like you, uh, people argue like a lot about the ball types and a lot of the rubber players haven't ventured out of the country to see that almost no other country plays rubber. So that's why it's like foams pretty a lot more competitive than people may think um internationally well it's i always saw foam as like it's like the metric system like the whole world does it but not us like we're like nah exactly yeah it's <laughs> a good way to describe it we, we can't uh we can't change football man like that's i think that's why just we don't want to change the the hundred yards but um yeah we were we were joking i was joking about that with somebody at, at the tournament uh, might have been like Griffin or Isidro. We're just like, man, what if they all of a sudden they just brought out like 8.5 at this tournament in all these other countries and like never touched it before? Like it would just be a landslide for the U.S. Oh god, that'd be that'd be so fun to watch um, for for purely like sadistic purposes. But uh... especially because like all <laughs> it was fun. we were joking about a lot of the teams that won at nationals between 8.5, no sting. Um, there was almost a USA member on each of those teams. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching, uh, re-watching Heat versus uh, Crisis um, for for the 8.5 Nationals and um, just thinking that was like an incredible match and then knowing that these guys are like been up a pretty good battle against each other but then they're playing together now for foam was like that's awesome just seeing uh like you said that like there's a member of of um of team usa in each of these division champions and i mean that, that's how it's supposed to be that's what you want representing your, your country yeah it's it's nice to spread it out um it's almost tough like seeing all, a lot of like the super teams that come out it's nice like i think it's a it's a bigger bond when you play against your rival all the time and then you get to play with each other at worlds yeah you get that one little timeout. let's be we're teammates right now we're comrades yeah and then back the to the next two months we're gonna train together and we're gonna do what it takes to win gold yeah that's pretty cool um you mentioned like you just want to kind of keep riding the wave while you can um but what, what does what, what keeps you going um what is it about you that's going to make you look like you can continue this and, and want to? I don't know. It just, I mean, it feels good to, to like know that you're on the best team in the world for foam and 
almost like you just kind of want to make like a dynasty of it like the u.s dynasty of winning foam um at worlds um sounds pretty good and that's why it was, it was a little tough last year because it's like it sucked not making it and then um it's like you almost always like for me competitive wise I always want to keep pushing myself and playing the best players. So to like not be given that opportunity last year kind of sucked. And it's like, should I even still be playing? Um, so to come back and then kind of solidify that still good enough can still keep riding this wave for as long as I can. Um, so pretty much until, until I don't make it again, I'm not thinking about retiring. Nice. I guess you can put it that way. So I wanted to hear, I feel but, like, uh, yeah, I mean, like we always try to like traveling internationally for dodgeball is just like, it just gives me an excuse to keep traveling. Yeah. There's that. Um, plus you just get, you get to meet awesome people and see them, um, you know, maybe once a year, once every couple, what, couple times a year, especially like with your trips to Canada. And that's just a whole yeah. other uh, aspect about dodgeball that, um, few people will really ever get to appreciate and understand about this community that we have and this like um this bond that we all have for playing such a unfortunately at this time still you know like an obscure sport but the the passion is is very much there and it's great to be able to share that with other people um across the u.s and then in your case internationally so yeah the friend requests after world is just like blow up <laughs> and then it's always nice at the end of the tournament too like on saturday it's usually about Saturday-ish. Everybody starts trading their jerseys away. So I've been lucky to be there a couple of times and be warned to, to order more jerseys. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's always nice. I mean, I came back with, like, 12 jerseys. So that's pretty much what I wear to league. Different one every week. Nice. Yeah, I look forward to seeing those. Um, I think I saw a couple. At least I think I saw one exchange on your feed. It's kind of creeping on you a little bit for the interview. <laughs> oh, yeah um yeah there's fun i mean it's funny because like um i've been i've been pretty smart about it where if a girl wants to trade i try to order their size ahead of time nice so that way they're not swimming in like a medium so just so and for, for them the same way like i don't want to wear this tiny tiny shirt <laughs> yeah you want it to you know yeah you don't want like what's a joke you don't want it to look like you're shopping at a baby gap you're trying too yeah, hard to yeah so I've been I've been doing more uh, pre trades. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. But oh, I don't know. Next year, if I make it, then uh, I'll have to stock up again because if there's a lot of European countries I've never met, like any of their players except for the Great Britain guys this last time. Yeah, Glasgow will be fun. I'm hoping I can tag along and uh, attend that one. And also use that as an excuse to go to Europe because everywhere I've been, um, I've only been to Germany in the European continent, but, um, I had, uh, I had one last question, but then I, I can't help myself. I have to ask what, what's your favorite Jersey so far, at least that you got from this weekend or from last weekend. Um, it's gotta be the, um, Malaysia ones. Those are pretty sweet. I like, they had three different ones and I got all three. Nice. And, um, they all had their own cool vibe to it. Um, the yeah, the black and yellow ones were pretty nice, and then I got the um, it's like a red, white, and or uh, 
white and blue with gold lettering. And then their finals jersey was um, black and white with gold lettering. But they also have like almost like a, a tiger print in the background of it. Like just like a, I don't know, like faded. Um, so it gives that extra like level of design to it, nice. which is pretty cool, which not many other countries do at all. So yeah, those are probably my favorite. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it up close. Um, so the last question I do have, and um, just obviously whatever comes to mind, but um, are there any shout outs that you want to give before we wrap up? Um, just to the coaches and captains again, like those guys put in so much work and um, to get us there. And I felt more prepared than I ever will for any tournament um, watching our film. It was cool sitting in the room with like the 14 guys and we're all like, everybody's got some different input on what they saw and what they're seeing and what, pl what different players are doing. Um, I don't know if there's a dumb strategy we see um, something we can exploit. Um, it was pretty cool. Just all the minds coming together to um, figure out what we're going to do and we try to usually watch the top countries before we play them. Um, so we'll watch it in the hotel room before we leave. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, shout out to Nate. Nate was like great all week given perfect like pep talks, um, getting us pumped up for the games um, big captain moment, like what Jeff said, when he was like, Nate wasn't playing well, he was there getting it by his blocker. He's known as like one of the best blockers corners in the game. And Malaysia just had his number, like the first four games of that match. So he sat himself, put Jeff in and kind of changed it up a little bit for us. So it was like a huge captain move for him. Like that's, it's what I, I try to do on heat is if I'm never playing or if I'm not playing well enough, I'm just going to sit myself because we've got enough guys that want to be in there. So it's always tough. I always try to look for other confirmation from other guys on my team, just be like to remind myself, am I still doing okay to, to, to play? So it was huge from, uh, from Nate to, to come out of the game like that and recognize that, um, put his, I don't know, put his ego aside to be like, I'm, I know I'm, I'm pretty good, but I'm, this is not the game for me to play. So yeah, it's huge. So as you say, it's just, you know, all eyes on you finals. You want to be one of the ones that has that big moment that brings the home, the win. Right. But at the same time, if you're actually bought in and you're a true leader, you're not going to let your ego get in the way of the goal for, for everybody else. So that, that does speak volumes to, to, to him as a captain. So that's, yeah. That's and awesome. him, him and him and Lou had a good, uh, um, discussions i mean lou would say something nate's like and nate's on the court so it gives a different view of it so nate nate will sometimes kind of veto lou's decision and lou's like yeah yeah, yeah. he'll trust him or other way around and lou's got to pull someone out and he's like, all right all right and so it's just that little tug back and forth but different viewpoints but i mean obviously they they seem to work it out pretty well um because it worked out for us yeah no, that's huge. I mean, you can't be, uh, if you're a leader, you can't be, you can't be a dictator. Um, that's not your, that's not the, the meaning of it, but, um, good Lord, that could be a whole nother podcast episode in and of itself. But, um, 
Awesome, man. Well, congratulations once again. Um, you're definitely on a pretty awesome wave. I would like to see it continue. Um, but uh, I think we'll go ahead and uh, end the interview there. All right, so that was a recap with uh, Dylan. And Dylan, thank you so much, man, for being willing to hop on and talk dodgeball, especially uh, talking about your experience um, and kind of get into just like the differences between um, the 2016, 2017 USA teams and um, and now 2019 and just kind of lending more um, insight, I guess, for your journey to to get back on the team and ultimately get into that uh, that gold medal. Um, definitely appreciate uh, spending a couple of more minutes than I was planning to to kind of understand a little bit more about your play style and uh, what you bring to the teams that you belong on because uh, you know for whatever it is it's it's obviously working so um, definitely going to see if I can knock out a couple more interviews before we move on to the uh, I won't say like the season finale but I guess the final episode before I take a quick break for the holidays but um guess we'll figure it out as we go so if you are still listening thank you so much for doing so as always um have a great uh, rest of your evening a great weekend and we'll see you next time three two all right, so that was a uh, that was. It's not quick, so don't say quick. Five five two zero. Jesus Christ.